You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 8.55am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 78th program of Think Again and our 36th remote program in the time of the coronavirus. This program is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that's been dedicated to social change for more than 20 year, 23 years now. Mm-hmm. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the scourge of violence against women, how widespread it is, what are some of the base basic causes and what do we need to do to change the situation? Mm. Firstly, what do we mean by violence against women? Uh, well, the United Nations gives a useful definition. The UN Declaration on the Elimination of Violence Against Women defines it as, quote, any act of gender-based violence that results in or is likely to result in physical, sexual or psychological harm or suffering to women, including threats of such acts, coercion or arbitrary deprivation of liberty, whether occurring in public or in private life, unquote. Mm, The UN further details areas in which violence against women manifests physical, sexual or psychological forms, encompassing intimate partner violence, That includes battering, psychological abuse, marital rape and femicide. Yeah, sexual violence and harassment, which includes rape, forced sexual acts, unwanted sexual advances, child sexual abuse, forced marriage, street harassment, stalking and cyber harassment. Further, there's human trafficking and that includes slavery and sexual exploitation and female genital mutilation. And finally, child marriage. Yes. So family and sexual violence affects people of all ages and from all backgrounds, but it's predominantly, it affects women and children. And that's from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. So ironically, it's a widespread tragedy. And I say ironic because a feature of family violence is that women suffer in isolation and that's a characteristic of the violence usually. Mm. In Australia, roughly 2.2 million adults have been victims of physical and or sexual violence from a partner uh, since they turned 15 We know Mm -hmm. that from the ABS, 216 personal safety survey. Yeah, that's quite a lot, 2.2 million adults. Mm. And one in six Australian women have experienced physical or sexual violence by a current or previous partner since the age of 15. So that's Mm. one in six Australian women. Mm. And one in five have experienced sexual violence 
since the age of 15. And we just early this week learned that in one day, three women were killed in their home, which brought the total for this year up to 48 killed this year. 48? 48 women have been killed this year by by partner or a male in their household. Mm. So these are really shocking statistics, but they aren't just stats. They point to a multitude of gender-based tragedies, uh, lives of terror and misery, and women's lives that are not their own because of the control exerted over them by their partners. And this can include um, control over money, isolation from friends and family, and psychological abuse to the extent that the woman loses her sense of self-worth and confidence in even being able to make a life on her own. Mm. Mm. As we know, when women then do try and leave such situations, that's when they are most at risk of being murdered Mm. or done great corporal damage to. In those cases where they have the means anyway to do so and when they have somewhere to go to as well. Yeah, which is a big thing in itself. Mm. And, of course, women are very often the victims in all of this. Well, children, Mm. I should say, children. mm That's right. Violence against women has even intensified during the COVID pandemic with increased domestic isolation during lockdown, which was basically imposed and had to be imposed in order to get a control over COVID. Yeah. And we're hearing a lot of stories from support services and phone phone helplines about desperate women who are subjected to daily violence, who couldn't get away and can't get away from the abuse and danger in their own household during the lockdown. And apparently this is happening not just in Australia but across the world. Mm. The the UN agency UNAIDS says, quote, Evidence shows that the COVID-19 pandemic has resulted in significant increases in gender-based violence in nearly all countries, unquote. Uh, And that's especially for women trapped at home with their abuser, of course. Yeah. We have this from the Executive Director of the United Nations Women Agency, Pumzile Nambo Nguka. She said, quote, Men's violence against women is also a pandemic, one that predates the virus and will outlive it. And she adds, last year alone, and that's her quote again, 243 million women and girls experienced sexual or physical violence from their partner or from their father. This year, reports of increased domestic violence, cyberbullying, Child marriages, sexual harassment and sexual violence have flooded in. Yeah, so that's an incredible number. 243 Mm. million women and girls experiencing sexual or physical violence from Mm. the partner. That's the population of several countries or quite a few countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so apart from heightening of the problem during COVID, why is this tragedy such an everyday one? So that's a big question. According Mm. to research centres like the Australian Institute for Health and Welfare and the Australian National Research Organisation for Women's Safety, we have a problem with attitudes that support violence against women. And one of the strongest predictors of attitudes supporting violence against women 
is the low level of support for gender equality. So I guess um, it seems to be about keeping women in their place. Yeah, it certainly does. Some findings from the national survey seem to back that up. The National Community Attitudes Towards Violence Against Women survey found that one in five people believe that violence results from a woman making a man, making a man quote, so angry that he hits her when, she did, when he didn't initially mean to. Well, that's incredible. One in five mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And, and pretty much this says that the woman is actually responsible for the violence against her and that she should change her behaviour. It implies she should change her behaviour or ways of talking or relating with the man in her life so she doesn't get abused. While it is still startling to hear this, even if it is a regular refrain, we in Borderlands, when we did lots of men's groups, we have heard those that every men's group has at least a couple of men who would say that. And even the late Sean Connery, though he did later retract it, made a comment in that regard. Mm. On the other hand, it is not really surprising. As we learned from our conversation with Bob Peace last year in November, a patriarchal society such as ours fosters and generates a patriarchal ideology. And this ideology places men in positions of legitimate power with women being and having to be subordinate. Yeah, and, and not just women being subordinate either. It's an expression of a sense of masculinity based on control and mastery over women. And in capitalism, this extends to control of, to, out to control and mastery over colonised places and Indigenous peoples and the domination and exploitation of nature. And uh, we'll look, we will definitely look at more at that in later programs. Mm. In order to have this sink down a little bit or sink in a little bit, we now have some music. Ladder of Escape by Michael Smetanin and it is performed by Joel Hans Otter.
Join me, Aya Kwai, with Ubuntu Voices. Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. on 3CR. Ubuntu is a Zulu word, meaning I am here because you are. Ubuntu celebrates the positive contribution African-Australian make to our communities in music, academia, the arts, and everything in between. Come with me on a journey. Ubuntu Voices, every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. None of us are free. One of us is chained. None of us are free. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the ongoing crisis of violence against women, where it comes from and whom it serves, and some things we can do about it. Just before the break, we were talking about a social construction of masculinity that is tied to ideas of mastery and control over women and nature, and a lot of things, basically. This type of masculine ego, we refer to it often as the man box, demands the affirmation and service or servitude of the always supportive females, whether in the home or in many public and work environments. Mm. And it assumes and requires sexually available females too. Mm. This situation and the associated attitudes, they have changed during the last decades or half century. Indeed, there's now numbers of of women entering in higher decision-making levels across lots of social sectors or societal sectors, and that includes politics, the economy, organizations, and so on. But glass ceilings and exclusions, they still keep women out of many areas of power. Mm, Yeah, and there continues to exist a sense of entitlement, which is really, I think, publicly illustrated when the most successful men in sports are given the, inverted commas, trophy of beautiful kissing women. (laughs) For example, when winning the Grand Prix or or a bike race like the Tour de France. Mm, Or (laughs) even when Donald Trump boasted that he or any rich man really, could grope women with impunity, (laughs) utterly blending out the fact that this is officially considered sexual assault in many jurisdictions. And then there is the thuggish, bullying behaviour of men in our parliaments. Yeah, and people often comment on that. It's it's this bullying macho bullying culture is exhibited, when you think of it, from the very top when it's in Parliament, with journalists often going along with it, reporting who wins, in inverted commas, by annihilating or humiliating their political opponents and and treating the proceedings as if they were some sort of theatre sport. Mm. Mm. And and normalising them in that way, yeah. Yeah. In a way, therefore, when the bullying behaviour is modelled by those in power or deemed normal in our, what we refer to as robust parliamentary exchanges, who wonders that in the domestic sphere, male violence against women is so hard to be addressed or discussed, let alone eradicated? 
Yeah, because really in this idea of masculinity, they're entitled to be in charge. Mm. And, and it is an idea. It is an idea that even is adopted by many a number of women in public positions, and not only in the US, where where women apparently enthusiastically continued to support Trump, and not really because he wanted to make America great again. Mm. Indeed, Australia has its own female spokespersons as well, who would rather not not expose male violence or excessive power. Just as Bettina Arndt, who doesn't let research facts get in her way when she claims that women are just as likely to be perpetrators of domestic violence as men are. Yeah. And Jacques, I'm also mindful that really oppressive sexism in our federal parliament was recently exposed by ABC's Four Corners. And that's in our parliament. So mm. what happened with that? There was a big scandal. There was a big Four Corners program. So what's well, happened? Apparently nothing much happened apart from the fact that I think yesterday or the day before, Minister Fletcher has now asked 15 questions to the ABC board mm. to please explain why they did that program in the first place. Yeah, which sounds like a bit of bullying. <laughs> no, it certainly does. Yeah. Mm. So oppression of women can happen at the top and with impunity and there are no repercussions and, and that's mm. probably a lesson that everyone takes in on some level. Mm. And on that note, we go to another promo. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Militantly, never you fear. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about violence against women, its connection with an ideology of male entitlement and power, and some other ways we could transform it into a respectful and fair world not built on violence. Mm. In that sense, it's a bit of a continuation of last week's program. So where did the male sense of entitlement and oppression of women come from? And was it always so? Like sort of built into the species or hardwired, as we now tend to wrongly call it. Mm. We say no, as the historians who have looked into this also would say. This is covered in a really interesting book called A History of the World in Seven Cheap Things by Raj Patel and Jason Moore. They describe how the gendered nature of work and caring, and the nuclear family as well, was created in support of the emergence of capitalism and private profit profit for the relatively few. Yeah, that's right. They talk about reproductive labour, by which they mean the work of caring for, nurturing and raising human communities. And they say, quote, 
Such work is overwhelmingly unpaid because it makes the whole system of wage work possible. Without unpaid work, especially care work, wage work would simply be too expensive. Unquote. Mm. Before the modern household and the gender and work roles we are now familiar with, in our areas at least, people in Europe had access to common land or what we call and was then called the commons. Mm. And I quote again from that same work, women's work on the commons included fuel gathering and gleaning. Gleaning meaning gathering leftover grain after harvest, for example which made subsistence possible and sometimes provided a marketable surplus. If anything went wrong, social insurance came from the networks of support, religious, personal, social, across the community. Mm. And then apparently the plough, of all things, changed everything. So Patel and Moore describe a study by economists who found that a key factor associated with gender inequality was a history of having the plough. So go figure. The economists themselves couldn't work it out. So why would the plough be connected with gender inequality? Mm. Mm. Patel and Moore explain uh, that it is, of course, not just the plough that this, they explain this connection with agricultural innovation and the widespread use of the plough. There were larger and larger land holdings, monocultures, private property arrangements and the creation of a workforce afraid of starvation and imprisonment, not even being able to then mm. get their own stuff from the commons. Yeah. So people were pushed off commonly accessed land. Yeah, and into private households with women's role becoming submission to men and providing free caring work for the household and to support, of course, the new industrial machine. Hmm. And so where do we go with this analysis? Yeah, how can we apply this analysis to our current siloed lives, living in our little cubicle houses, <laughs> with most communal areas being commercial or otherwise semi-privatised spaces? Well, to start with, we could look at a few things. Mm, First, for example? Restoring an ethos of caring mm -hmm. as a driving principle of our lives and organising. So restoring the ethos of caring rather than power, mastery, winning and being top dog, for example. We could also look at restoring common public spaces and networks of non-marketised care, care and support. Yeah, and following this, we, we should restore communal co-care and responsibility to prevent violence against women and also violence against children, elderly people, vulnerable groups and, and everyone else, really. Mm based on our borderline's extensive work in the, in the area of violence against women over the years now, we have learned a few things about how to work with men themselves to change matters around their self-concept and their relational capabilities. So to transform their ways of being at home, at work, in recreation and in public spaces. The idea is also that we bring about change through a ripple effect, that mm. men, having learned that in certain, let's say, groups or so, where they talk with one another about it, that they can 
spread this. They create personal, relational and structural change throughout organizations and communities in which they live and relate with others. Yeah. So, Shark, before Mm. we finish, uh, what do we need to, what do you think we need to focus on from your experience working with men's behavioural or men's change? Um, What do we need to focus on to bring about gender equality and prevent violence against women? Well, from the learning we did, um, and I personally did, amongst other things, attention needs to be given to, first of all, deepening of men's awareness of the nature and causes of their violence against women in different contexts. We need to, secondly, also, I think, transform men's practices and communications about injustice and violence against women, so the way they talk about it. Mm. Thirdly, I think... We need to transform ways of intergender relating in different organizational and community settings, even in families. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think a transformation of the culture of our organizations and our communities towards gender equality, uh, reciprocity, which is respectful and which doesn't include non uh, violent behavior. And particularly then also assisting in women's empowerment, yes, letting right. empowerment happen is probably so, a way to call it. Mm. I think that transforming of culture of organisations is really mm. interesting because yeah. it's something our alpha male parliamentarians mm. apparently don't think mm. they need to do. That's right. Mm. So there is a variety of ways in which that uh, changing man's behaviour and attitudes and relational capabilities is already happening. For example, if, want, if you want to Google uh, the man's table, which is an attempt at getting men together, having conversations about their life, their living, the, the difficulties where they stumble over and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really good, good programme, which is also supported by a couple of people who you know, brought that to life. Mm. And we at Borderlands have been helping them with uh, setting that up as a methodology. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, yeah. Yep. And if you or someone you know as a listener is experiencing family or domestic violence, you can contact 1-800-RESPECT on 1-800-737-732. That's one 800 737 732 or you can go to 1800 respect website for an online for an online chat Mm -hmm. thanks for listening to think again on 3cr community radio if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program please email borderlands borders at borderlands.org.au and just put think again in the subject line our programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And we would thank, uh, again, thank uh, Clive for pulling this program together while uh, Jenny and I connected remotely. So meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak, which gives a voice to prison inmates, their families and their friends. To bring us into this program, please enjoy World Turning by Yohu Yindi. I've been looking for-